but I understand it. Rectangle of mediocrity. Wow, Craig, that was some outstanding stuff. How does it tie in? You sound like a real nerd. I'm grooving. Now I'm going off on a rant. Our guests are the meat to our stale bread. Here we go again indeed. It is another edition of the Channel Partners Podcast, Coffee with Craig and Kevin. I am the executive editor of Channel Partners and Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me, as always... The man with all of the tools in the business development toolbox, our business development director, Mr. Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you? <laughs> Craig, as always, you are just super complimentary with these introductions. I don't know how you keep coming up with new ones. Maybe I do have all the tools in the business development toolbox, as long as it's that Fisher-Price one that our dads would give us when we were about five, and there was like four different tools, because I think I still believe, as I did as a kid, that the square peg can fit in the round hole if you just smash it hard enough, my friend. Yeah, that kind of carried through to your high school geometry, too. You didn't quite uh, get it figured out by that time. If anyone can tell me what a rhombus is, I'd really love to know. (laughs) As a member of the esteemed rhombus of incompetence, I'm surprised that uh, you're not fully aware, but uh, I guess that goes to the incompetence part of that whole phrase. That's exactly what I was going to say. Refer to the last word in that. So, uh, you know, speaking of incompetence, Craig, I got to say, you are repeating the same band as an opener as you did before, and that band would be Tool. If you recall, almost a year ago, we had played Tool's 46 and 2 to represent episode 48, this year being episode 67. What, what's the plan here, Craig? Yes, yes, I realize I did that. It's the first time we've had a rerun, at least that I can recall, of a certain band. But it was a must, because I, my friend, saw Tool last night right here in Phoenix, cross another concert off my bucket list. Whoa! You you saw Maynard and Co. I last did indeed. night? It was good times, good times. Oh my gosh, where was the invite? I am officially jealous, my friend. It was a, a bit of a trip for you to, to make it out here. I'm sure they're probably in your neck of the woods uh, sometime here over the next a month or so. I will definitely keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I probably couldn't expense a Tool concert with my podcast buddy, could I? Uh, it might be a stretch. It might be a stretch, unless I was all of a sudden uh, approving your expense reports, and I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> well, you know what, Craig? The least you could do for me is give us what we would consider the greatest personal deep dive of all time. So how was the show, Craig? I was fantastic. They played for a couple hours. Went with uh, a buddy of ours, Charlie English, who's a videographer and producer for our Uh, team here at Informa. Yeah, we got a bite to eat beforehand, uh, then headed over to the show. They played a lot of my favorites, uh, so that was exciting. And what was interesting was looking around the crowd and seeing a bunch of people who look just like me, guys in their 40s. (laughs) (laughs) I, I too, am a guy in my 40s and, and have seen Tool. Uh, in the past. I saw them at Lollapalooza back in, I think it was 1997, if, I, if I'm if i correct. Corn uh, and then Tool were the two headliners, which was pretty cool. Ah, uh, yes, back in the day. Uh, back to your headbanging days. How to headbang. Stand up and forcefully nod your head up and down in time with the beat. Shake your hair in front of your face as you move and let the spirit of dark rock overtake you. 
That's right. When I used to have the hair to support headbanging, now it just looks goofy, and it looks like I'm hurting myself if I try it. Yeah, I was doing the same. I just kind of had a slight uh, head bob, uh, you might say. Well, you know what, Craig? I think we should probably move along to some channel-related material, because this isn't a music podcast, although... It would be pretty freaking cool to have one. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide, and say, Give it to me straight, doctor. I can take it. <laughs> yes, sir, it would, Kevin. But uh, you're right. We should probably get back down to business. Now, there's a lot to talk about on the Channel Partners front, particularly our upcoming foray into Europe with our Channel Evolution Europe event. That's in London, December 2nd and 3rd. We're going to have a fantastic mix of keynote speakers from both the U.S. and the U.K. tackling such issues as digital transformation, 5G, channel convergence, the buyer's journey, IoT, recession-proofing your business, and more. Now, they'll be representing such companies as research powerhouses Ovum and IDC, Master Agent Avant, Alvaca Network, CenturyLink, and more. It's an awesome lineup, Kevin, and I was just looking down the list of exhibitors in the expo hall. I mean, it's a who's who of big names that do business on both sides of the Atlantic. You're absolutely right, Craig, and I'll tell you what, I don't want to drop any names so we don't leave anyone out, but I can just tell you that if you go to channelevolutioneurope.com, we've got a list of a sold-out exhibit hall. Uh, We're scrambling to find more booth space as the hall is already sold out. As we talked about in a previous podcast, since it's our inaugural event, uh, Uh, We're going a little more intimate, you know, where it's going to be more of a ballroom show and a conference-driven show, Uh, but there will be free food everywhere, so of course you should definitely check it out, but the list of exhibitors and sponsors is definitely jam-packed with disruptors and game-changers within the channel across, as you said, both sides of the water. That is awesome, and speaking of disruptors and game-changers, I keep waiting for them to give you and me a free booth to promote the podcast, but uh, something tells me that's not going to happen real soon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I don't know who's putting us in the disruptor or game changer category just yet, right? <laughs> Perhaps a bad non sequitur there. Uh, <laughs> for those who've attended our shows before, they'll recognize some new takes on a couple of familiar events. One is the Thunderdome. We're doing UCAS and SD-WAN as topics again, always hugely popular. Now, this is where vendors go head-to-head answering tough questions, and partners in the audience get a chance to decide whose solution is best. And let's not forget the awards, Craig. We've got our MSP 501, as we all know, at Evolution in the fall. Now we have the first ever European Partners 51, a spinoff on that. But this isn't just any spinoff. It's not like Joey from friends, Craig. Uh, The European Partners 51 recognizes some of the best partner businesses in all of Europe. There will be an awards reception where honorees, no doubt, will be able to pick up a pint along with their award. I wonder, are the pints warm in in England still? Oh, they got to be cold now. Yeah, they got to be at least 55 degrees, I'm telling you. (laughs) Let's hope so. (laughs) And, uh, Please don't uh, go after Matt LeBlanc like you just did there. It could be argued that he has been the most successful of the friends, post-friends. How you doing? Uh, nothing against LeBlanc, my friend. Uh, you might remember him from the Night Moves video with Bob Seger, but uh, he's had quite the career. It's more just the idea of the show, of just Joey. Uh, the producers, the writers I'm going after here. I uh, love that. Love that. So bottom line here, getting back to it, as someone I know might say, Uh, If you're a partner in the UK or can make just a short hop 
from the continent to make it to this show. You'll be glad you did. It is the first in what we expect will become an annual tradition on that side of the pond. Then, hey, if you're in the U.S., I feel confident you'll find some content there that would make it worth your while to make the trip. And if you have the means, I highly recommend you make a week out of it. Go for Channel Evolution Europe, see London, attend a Premier League soccer game, and try not to run over any cyclists in your rental car. No problem, no problem, Squire. No harm done. It's just a flesh wound. (laughs) Come back refreshed and ready to take your business to the next level. Couldn't have put it better myself, my friend. And since you mentioned taking your business to the next level, that's definitely what our roving reporter Edward Gately is doing. He was on the road again at last week's Splunk conference in Las Vegas. We'll have another edition of Where in the World is Edward Gately coming up after a bit. <sighs> you did it again, Craig. What? I did what? Well, what? I did it again. You told them where Ed is. They're supposed to figure that out by themselves. I mean, it's called Where in the World Is. Yeah, yeah. I think you're taking the metaphor a little too far there, buddy. It was everything I had just to come up with this ripped-off concept. And I applaud you for that. Thank you. Now let's get to our first guest. What say ye? I say ye that soundeth like a brilliant idea. All right, Kevin, it is my pleasure to welcome into the coffee house Lisa Citron. She is the Vice President of Channel Sales North America with F5 Networks. Lisa, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Fabulous. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me today. Well, absolutely. Let's uh, start off simply by getting to know F5 a little bit more. You're known as a secure application delivery company, but that description might be a little different than what some of your competitors might use for their business. Uh, Why don't you explain to our listeners what that description means to a partner? Oh, absolutely. So I think that description is definitely a old description of the type of company that we are. We're absolutely more than just a application security company. Over the past couple of years, we've really expanded our focus and we're focused around multi-cloud application services, uh, making sure that we can help our customers manage and secure their applications no matter where they live you know, on-prem, in co-location, or in the public cloud. Great stuff there, Lisa. Uh, This year, F5 acquired X. Congratulations. How did that work into your company's overall strategy, and how are partners benefiting? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that um, X is absolutely an opportunity for F5 to reach new areas of the business that we hadn't previously touched. Right now, we see all of our customers going through some sort of digital transformation. And the way they are approaching that differs depending on the type of company that they are. But a lot of them are really looking and taking an app dev mindset, right? A DevOps mindset in the way that they do that. Whether they're building those apps on site and taking a real agile development mindset to it, or whether they're putting them into the public cloud. So Nginx allows us to really fit into a different motion with our customers. And it represents a huge opportunity for our partners, many of who are today taking their businesses and transforming them to meet how customers are changing. So we really see Nginx as an opportunity to really live inside this application life cycle. So 
this will allow us to hit new areas in a customer's lifecycle and getting an app from being a something that they develop to customer facing. So we really see it as a as a way to um, put some high octane in our partner's tank. Well, I know partners are always uh, glad to hear, at least, when an acquisition like this plays into some of their strengths and, and new opportunities for them. And speaking of that, Nginx, it kind of sounds like a name of a rock band, doesn't it? We've got sort of a rock uh, theme going on here. I was just thinking that uh, Nginx could be the, the latest uh, rock sound out there. Absolutely. Well, I think it, it definitely, uh, it would be a great name for a rock band, but I think it, it really is um, a powerful name and it's a really well-known name in the market. The Nginx product is a, is a leader already in the app server and web server market. And through the relationship that we now have with them being a part of the F5 family, we really have this opportunity to help them expand into much greater area of our customer set and certainly do that via our partners. Now, you've also got the Unity Plus Partner Program, uh, which just recently launched. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Uh, why don't you tell us what that's all about and what type of partners you're targeting there? So I think that with Unity Plus, we had the opportunity to take a great program that honestly stood the test of time. Unity itself, which has long time been our partner program, was really well respected by partners. And it was well respected because it was a program that was focused around a single partner opportunity, a single customer opportunity, I should say, that's run by one partner and one distributor. Really, we look to align that so that we could create the most value both for our end users, but also for our partners who are carrying a lot of the burden of sale. So when we looked at undertaking a revamp, we went out and did a voice of the partner study, and we went and talked to hundreds um, actually thousands of our partners and got a view of what they liked and what they were looking for us to update in the future. And really what they came back to us and said is that, you know, we really need more flexible selling models with you. Um, we need to be able to work not only in a resale model, but we need to be able to leverage um, licensing and customer success motions, and then also think about working with you differently as it relates to the cloud and many of the roles that now come into the picture. We've got more partners who are just taking a services approach and some that are only reselling products and we see teaming and things like that that our program didn't account for in the past. So with that, we've got now areas where partners can specialize in um, a traditional resale model, but also have opportunities for growing MSP business, as well as partners who will only do a services opportunity, but will refer us into ops that they're working on. So this expansion really allowed us to make sure that we saw the most opportunity for our growing ecosystem. As it relates to who are those partners, obviously our strongest of our ecosystem today has been our reseller community and our global SI community. And we'll still maintain a very strong 
focus with them, especially those who are embracing digital transformation and the motions with the public cloud. But you'll also see us begin to talk more and more with managed service providers and managed security service providers. You'll see us help our telco partners, many of who have had small niche businesses with F5, and we'll look to help them expand reaching their customers. We're really going to help our channel execute the part of our vision statement, which says, you know, protecting every app anywhere it lives. And we know that our partners are going to be key to helping us do that. So Lisa, I just have to say, wow, it looks like, you know, F5 is really focusing one on the CX, the customer experience, but also with this Unity Plus partner program, the PX, the partner experience. So congratulations on all of that. No, thank you. I do think that we sit in a really amazing space in the market, and we have developed a very trusted relationship with both our end users, but our partner community. And I think that our Unity Plus expansion, our new products, and overall opportunity expansion based on bringing Nginx in, our expansion into F5 Cloud Services, which is our SaaS offering. This is just going to provide so much more opportunity than ever before for an expanded ecosystem. And we're, we're thrilled. We're really excited about this opportunity. That is great. And I, I have to tell you, all this talk about apps and SaaS, it makes me think of Craig because um, he's extremely sassy all the time. And you better not come between him and his apps. Ha, 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 ha. That's you know, awesome. Especially at the dinner table. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, you know what? Apps are everywhere, especially at the dinner table. But you think about our lives, and they are all run around apps, right? Whether they're the apps on our phone and how we're interacting with Uber, which, you know, I'm proud to say I'm an Uber Diamond level Whoa. member, whatever that means. And whatever <laughs> that gets me, it just probably means I use Uber a lot. But, you know, when you think about that, overall customer experience, even for those of us who may not be specifically in IT in that we're working with the systems ourselves, just understanding that everything that we do revolves around an application, right? Whether it's Office 365 as we sit at our desks or, you know, pushing that Uber app, we expect it to work. And F5 is, and our Nginx expansion is what helps make those apps go. For sure. I mean, it, we definitely are in an application world. And unfortunately, my kids seem to know much more about that than I do at this point, which is embarrassing since I, I work in this space. But beyond the Uber Diamond, Lisa, let's talk a little about you personally. Uh, you've been with F5 for eight years. I see you've got a lengthy sales and channel record. Uh, what have you learned over the years that have made you so successful? Oh, well, I love that question. F5 is the place I've worked the longest in my career, and I am super lucky to have had amazing companies that I've worked for. But I will tell you that the F5 experience has really been a unique one. Not only have I really grown as both a member of the channel community, but also as a leader at F5, I've also never been a part of a company that has embraced its own transformation in the way that F5 has. And that has been everything from, 
you know, our change in leadership. We have a pretty awesome CEO who has come in and really helped transform who we are at really a cellular level. Everything from really getting behind our diversity and inclusion initiatives. I am a lucky member of our women's employee inclusion group and helping to really find a voice for women leaders within the organization, but also in one that looks to continue to broaden our ecosystem and look for ways to, whether that's with alliance partners or channel partners, continue to build the business by partnering. And so it's not often that you find a place where, you know, all of those elements of what helps make you a good work citizen and life citizen um, exist. And I feel lucky every morning when I get to come to work at F5. It's truly a great place to be. Well, Lisa, it's been great uh, learning more about you personally and F5 and what it's doing in the channel. I want to thank you so much for joining us today and uh, hope you guys have a terrific rest of 2019. Thank you so much, guys. It was great talking to you. Thanks, right, Lisa. Lisa and F5, Kevin, obviously are really doing some great stuff in the channel. Excited to see what more comes from them in the next several months. They are rocking it for sure, Craig. Now, funny you should say rockin' it, Kevin, since we have a bit of a rock and roll theme you might notice going here in the podcast. Well, I wouldn't say it's that funny, Craig, as it's right here in your notes for me to say that, so it will presumably lead us to another discussion about rock. Guy gives away all my secrets. Jeez, I never pretended to be a great writer. Oh, wait, I'm an editor by trade. What was that? Oh, nothing, nothing. Actually, I was setting you up because I felt that for such a music fan like yourself, you might want to take a few minutes to do one of your now-famous comparisons between rock and roll and the channel, something our listeners can really sink their teeth into. Ah, so you'd like to hear another Quim. At least you could have warned me to prepare for this. So tell the people what Quim stands for again. Kevin's whimsical industry metaphors. All right, get to it. So, Craig, as I just learned, the theme of this podcast is about rock. So I was thinking while we were recording this in the last five minutes that the channel can be compared to rock and roll. So, Craig, you're probably wondering how all that comes into play. Well, not really. <laughs> well, that's good. It gave me another five seconds to figure it out for myself here. So if you take rock and roll from its beginning, from its roots... It was a new, louder sound. You've got your Chuck Berries of the world, your Buddy Hollies, per se, giving you that guitar, rock, oldies, golden oldies, we call them now, sound. Well, since then, think about how rock and roll has developed. And that's where I'm bringing in the channel here. The channel initially, down the line, was one, I believe it was a bunch of IBM partners and then Microsoft partners that got started. And then it became more telco channel but after that it definitely grew like in the 60s you got the beatles the beatles i could say changed rock and roll quite a bit all of a sudden now the industries are converging and the channel is changing and let me tell you another way this sinks in craig are you ready for it oh yeah rock and roll is often seen as a great motivator for people it's a great musical motivator nothing motivates me like talking about the channel just like rock and roll. Can you believe that, Craig? I don't know what to say at this point. 
Well, I'm still going because we've got all these other genres that are now combining with rock and roll. Think about how country has become more rock and roll and the crossover artists there. Think about how rock and roll is now bringing in hip-hop, R&B artists, EDM artists even. So let's say just like, you know, I'm a traditional agent that suddenly layers in a security solution. That's just like Coldplay saying, hey, we're not just going to do what we normally do on the alternative side. We're going to bring in the chain smokers and we're going to come in and deliver a number one hit with some EDM involved. It's the exact same thing. Do you see what I'm getting at here, Craig? I actually am starting to feel this. So one could say, after this whimsical industry metaphor, maybe the most whimsical, and, you know, with us two on this podcast, our guests just want something just like this. Somebody I can kiss. I want something just like this. Ah, I see what you did there. Well played. I'm actually surprised you were able to pull that off. I mean, you're brilliant at these quims, but uh, that was really one that took some digging deep. It did. I, I hope it works out. You know, I, I am more in the mediocre side as I am in the rectangle of mediocrity. So as long as it passes as mediocre, I'm good with that. Hey, that works for me. That's a standard I hold for myself. So I can't ask you to be held to a higher standard. <laughs> Much appreciated, my friend. You know, all of this creates the perfect segue into our next interview. Our Edward Gately at SplunkConf19 in Las Vegas he lined up an interview with Splunk VP of Partner Programs, Brooke Cunningham. That sounds great, Craig, but I'm not sure what you mean by perfect segue. What does rock have to do with Splunk? Y you know, Splunk sounds like spelunking, cave exploration, caves or big rock formations. Wow. This guy is our executive editor. Sounds like more of the uh, worst pun creator of all time. What what'd you say there, Kevin? Uh, nothing, Craig. Just carry on with the interview, please. Okay, Kev. It's time for... Where in the world is... Edward Gately. I'm telling you, audience, this whole concept just doesn't make sense. This is Edward Gately, news editor with Channel Partners Online and Channel Futures, and I'm here with Brooke Cunningham, Splunk's Area Vice President of Global Partner Programs, Marketing, and Operations, and we're here at Splunk Conf 19. How are you doing, Brooke? I'm great, and pleased to get a chance to talk to you about .conf and all our partners here. Definitely. Yeah. So, okay, usually at this time, there's always big news yes. as far as Splunk's partner program. So, kind of, what's the latest this year? Yeah, so um, typically we do a lot of program enhancements in the beginning part of our fiscal year, and then this time of year, we're really tuning during the year. Um, so, we did announce some um, enhancements to our Technology Alliance partner program. So, we put more benefits in that uh, program for partners. Specifically, we'd been hearing a lot of things from partners around um, them wanting to progress up the tiers and not really having a clear path and wanting to kind of earn more as they progress. So um, we took that feedback and um, and then we've added more marketing benefits and more NFRs because these are the partners that are building apps and add-ons and connectors Splunk, a lot of the partners that you're seeing down on the show floor that are sponsors here at .conf. Um, so that was um, a big announcement that we made in terms of the Technology Alliance Partner Program. We also shared that our active partner number is now at 1900 so we've been seeing consistent growth um, in that partner ecosystem um, and if, you know for us we're really focused on bringing in the right partners and making sure that we're, we're having a really active and engaged partner ecosystem so two years ago at dotconf we had 950 partners so it's grown quite a lot in just that time so now what's prompted the enhancements that have, that have been announced here? So feedback is really important to us and partner listening is part of my area of responsibility with the partner program and partner marketing. So um, we run 
partner advisory councils, as you know, many vendors do, um, and that's really about bi-directional feedback and hearing from partners directly about what's working or what's not working or what we can be tuning. And so it was really um, a lot of the feedback we were hearing from partners. And we see a lot of engagement from our Technology Alliance partners. They're the ones that are here um, at COF showing off all the awesome stuff they're doing, so we wanted to make sure we were continuing to give them value in that program. And then uh, there were a lot of new solutions that have been announced here. So all of those like represent new opportunities for Splunk various partner types. It absolutely does. So all of the new products that are announced and are released um, that you've heard about here at .conf are available to partners. So it is great for partners because there's more for them to sell. Things I'm hearing from partners that they're excited about, um, data stream processor, DFS um, are two areas that they see immediate opportunities with some of their existing customers where they'll be able to click it into already deployed customers and give them new features and functionality. And then some of the acquisitions are really exciting to partners. So um, in particular, I've had a lot of interest from partners on signal effects. Um, so that's something where um, we see an immediate opportunity um, to give existing Splunk partners the opportunity to add signal effects. And then um, we also will be bringing in um, a number of new partners through signal effects acquisition because they actually did have a partner ecosystem as well. You mentioned all the various partner types. So are there, are there opportunities for, like, uh, for instance, MSSPs and other cybersecurity providers looking to increase their capabilities? Yes, absolutely. All those same products um, apply to partners of all types. Actually, on the show floor, ReliaQuest is one of our top MSPs. They're a top-tier sponsor. They're actually um, hosting the SOC for the whole event. You may have seen it on the show floor. It's really cool. Um, and that's an example of a partner that's really putting that to work in terms of you know a full scope of how they're leveraging Splunk to service their customers. And actual fun fact, ReliaQuest, um, Splunk is also a customer of ReliaQuest as well. The theme of the conference is turn data into doing. Uh, what can partners take from that? What does that mean to them? Yeah, so when I've been talking to partners about our new messaging around turning data into doing, they're really using it in terms of how they're showing actionable deployments for their customers and how they can use Splunk to get drive outcomes for their customers. And many of our partners are playing in verticals. Um, they're playing in particular niche markets, and that's where they bring us a lot of expertise. And the feedback I've heard from partners is that the messaging resonates really well with business audiences, whereas in the past, we were very much more tech-oriented in our in our messaging. So feedback from partners is this plays very well for all of them that are working in different vertical industries and so on. Speaking of that, can you elaborate a little more? Do you get a lot of feedback at this conference? We, what types of things are they saying? Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, as I mentioned before, you know, partner listing is a big part of my role, and um, I'll talk a little bit more about some of the experience we curated for our partners at this event, but it was with some of that in mind, how we could actually engage our partners that are here and hear from them. One example in our partner lounge that we have is we actually have some surveys where partners can give us feedback right on the spot. So that's um, how um, we're getting feedback, and I think I lost your question there in the mix. <laughs> Just what types of things Oh, what types of things. So, yeah, so I guess um, feedback across the whole gamut, go-to-market, um, things that we can be um, enhancing in our program, like I mentioned with the Technology Alliance program, or how we can better enable them. Uh, for example, yesterday in the lounge, I was having a conversation with a partner that gave me great feedback that I can um, help enhance our partner portal, which is part of my area of responsibility, and um, and then you know partners getting excited about some of these new opportunities and giving us um, input on how they would like to take things to market, which gets me excited about the things that we can go drive our marketing program 
programs or the enablement, like I mentioned, or other communications so we can really help our partners be successful. Any further statistics regarding, you know, I guess in terms of like partner sales, partner revenues, how their, their kind of contribution to Splunk's overall, you know, revenue situation. Yeah, so um, Splunk it does not disclose our, our distribution of direct and indirect revenue, but I can share that partners are a, a component that is really important for us to drive our business. You can see it come to life here at .conf, so we certainly couldn't do it without our partners. Um, they're a significant contributor to our overall success. And uh, the, an example here on site, we have over uh, 2,000 partner individuals that are here. We have 76 partner sponsors, so just absolutely phenomenal showing of partners. And in fact, it makes it the largest gathering of Splunk partners we've ever had as a company, which is really cool. What do those numbers kind of say to you as far as the, the fact that they're all here more than ever? Yeah, and the investment that they're all making to be here um, shows me how committed they are to Splunk. So that really excites me. And they love the product. They love showcasing what they're doing for customers. And the other really cool thing that comes to life on the on the show floor here in the pavilion at .conf is partners working together as well. So there's lots of collaboration, multiple partners working together, whether that's across different technologies or um, partners that are uh, helping deliver services and another partner is bringing their technology. Um, so there's some really cool stuff that you can see there um, with partners um, really bringing that to life. What are you hoping uh, the various partners can bring home with them and, and, and make use of from Yeah, there? so that there's tons of opportunity. Uh, lots more for them to go back to their existing customers and provide them new features, new functions, new products. Um, so a lot of opportunity for them there. And that the growth trajectory is huge. And there is just so much uh, potential for us to tap even more opportunity to reach new customers and that we really need them on this journey. They're a critical uh, success factor. Okay, Brooke, I think that's due for my questions. And I really appreciate you talking to me. Thanks. Well, Craig, I guess you'd say Ed really rocked that interview with Brooke Cunningham of Splunk. They've really got a lot going on there. An Evolve Partner Plus Technology Alliance program, new partner portal, tons of new innovations across their security operations suite, plus everything else Ed covered with Brooke in the interview. If you're looking for more info, we'll link you to Ed's stories from SplunkConf. I just like saying that, SplunkConf, from the landing page of this podcast. Ed and other members of our team will continue to be on the road the rest of the fall, and we'll have more interviews with some of the big players in the channel coming up in the next few weeks. Hey, Kevin, speaking of big names, we've already got one lined up for our next podcast. Dave Sobel, veteran IT channel and MSP expert, most recently with SolarWinds, is working with channel partners and channel futures on all kinds of projects leading up to our shows in London that we've talked about already and our Vegas show coming up in March. You talk about providing the meat to our stale bread. This guy is going to be like the Italian BMT at Subway, stacked high. <laughs> I got to tell you, excellent simile. We got to come up with a new simile segment there, Craig. <laughs> I, Italian BMT is my go-to at Subway, which is why I'm always so healthy. Uh, <laughs> but it does scare me a bit that he hosts a couple of podcasts on his own. I mean, we want great guests, Craig, but are we sure we want to get someone who's not only smarter than us, but... Also likely a better podcaster? You know, I hadn't thought of that, which in itself probably proves your point about him and all of our other guests being smarter. Ah, that's okay, buddy. At least we have a couple of weeks to prepare. I'm going to go learn a bunch of big words like thoughtitician and inspirator. Uh, Kev, those aren't real words. You remember I just put those as a joke on my Twitter account. 
when we were mocking the overuse of industry buzzwords on a previous podcast? Whoa, boy. I'm in big trouble, Craig. Uh, That's for sure. That's for sure. Now, if you'd like to download the archive of Coffee with Craig and Kevin, just go to SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, type Channel Partners Online in the search bar. Of course, you can always find our podcasts on the flagship ChannelPartnersOnline.com. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll Craig, be ex- Craig, yeah, Craig, yeah, yes, stop it right there. Yes. Yeah. Quick question: With this all being about rock, let me ask you an age-old question: Beatles or Stones? Oh, I think that's an almost an unanswerable question, but I, I'm going to give I'm going to give the edge to the Beatles. Roger that. I actually go with C. Led Zeppelin on that Ooh. question. Oh, very nice. That was a yes. great question. Uh, you didn't give me that option, and I don't like that. I don't like being trapped. <laughs> you don't want to be pigeonholed, that's for sure. All right, thanks for joining us, everybody, and we'll uh, promise to tone down the music talk a little bit next time. Rock on, everybody. Oh!